Each day in therapy, we are consumed with all kinds of challenges related to reimbursement, documentation, choosing the right assessments, and most personally, just worrying about whether what we are doing is helping. But I'm beginning to suspect that behind all of these daily stressors is a large, looming challenge that not enough people are talking about. In fact, I've begun to believe that this challenge is the challenge of our generation as occupational therapy practitioners, and that if we can rise to meet this challenge, we will secure our position as the go-to resource for all things rehab. But if we can't meet this challenge, I worry about the future of our profession. I believe that this challenge is knowledge translation. Knowledge translation is taking in new evidence that comes out and applying it to our practices. It sounds simple, but it is incredibly difficult and complex. And honestly, every health professional across all disciplines is struggling with it. This week's article serves as a great introduction into knowledge translation. And at the end, I will share my own takeaways, which contain some concrete steps for how we can rise to meet this challenge. So let's dive in. Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we discuss one OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and this week we are looking at the journal article, Translating Knowledge in Rehabilitation, a Systematic Review. This article comes to us from the Journal of Physical Therapy. It was published in 2015, and the article is ranked 46th on our list of the 50 most influential OT-related journal articles. Now, I know from working on the OT Potential Club that about 1,000 articles come out every year that explicitly contain information about occupational therapy. So just the sheer amount of information out there makes it a massive challenge for practitioners to take in new research and apply it to our practices. But to make this huge problem even more challenging, this week's article points out to us that the best strategies to translate new knowledge of evidence into actual practice remains largely unknown. When the authors sought out articles about knowledge translation and rehab, What they found were articles where the quality of the research was at best modest to low. And overall, this highlights the need for more rigorous research around the important topic of knowledge translation. After all, what good is it to have all of this research coming out? What good is it to have these 1,000 journal articles if we cannot translate it into our practices? That being said, this week's article did give us some gems and some glances into what we suspect works best in knowledge translation. And as you're listening, I think it will feel pretty similar to the other research that we have discussed about learning theory. And that research seems to be telling us that passive strategies like just giving out education materials does not seem to stick in the minds of rehab professionals. However, active, multifaceted approaches hold much more promise for really making the changes that we need to be making so we are delivering the best care possible. So let's briefly look at some more details within this article. Let's start by circling back to that definition of knowledge translation. As I already said, in the simplest terms, knowledge translation is taking new evidence and applying it to your practice. 
But this term is meant to serve as kind of a broader term than just evidence-based practice because they really want the term to capture all the complexity and all the factors that go into translating that knowledge. We all know that knowledge translation is important because it is meant to be a core competency of rehab professionals and all healthcare providers. Obviously, we want to be providing the best care possible every time we see a patient. But there are lots of barriers to actually providing that evidence-based care. Um, and you can probably think of reasons in your own life why that is very difficult. Some of the reasons that the article mentions are institutional barriers, resistance to change, and lack of confidence in evaluating the new evidence. So in their systematic review of the evidence that is out there about knowledge translation, what types of research did the authors find? In their review, the authors located 26 studies that looked at knowledge translation in rehab. Seven of these studies targeted occupational therapy explicitly, and three looked at OT and PT. 18 of these articles examined multiple knowledge translation interventions as opposed to singular approaches. And examples of knowledge translation strategies that the different studies used were educational meetings, educational material, educational outreach visits, reminders, local opinion leaders, audits, feedback, and local consensus. And in the different studies, these were combined in lots of different ways. For example, in one study, they might have done educational meetings followed up by audits of whether the evidence-based practice intervention was being carried out. And then the primary outcomes that these studies looked at were professional and process outcomes, patient outcomes, and one study actually looked at the economic outcomes of a knowledge translation program. So when you combine all this research that they were looking at together, what were the overall results that these authors found in their systematic review? Kind of the big takeaway was that fewer than half of the quantitative studies showed a consistent effect on the primary outcome measures meaning whatever combination of knowledge translation strategies that they were trying, there just wasn't an overall consistent impact on the outcomes that they were measuring. And so ultimately with these results and then combined with the fact that the studies just weren't that strong overall, the authors ultimately concluded that given the limited information, the effectiveness of a single or multi-component intervention is not clearly delineated. So even though at the beginning I did say that there were some gems, this research definitely did not leave us with clear answers of what the best strategies are for getting new evidence into our daily practices. But I did want to note that the two studies that did show a consistent, significant, positive impact on the primary outcome measures both used multi-component knowledge translation strategies. So basically, they took a combination of that list that I gave earlier and kind of hit knowledge translation from a couple different angles and probably had some kind of follow-up system for it. And at the end of the discussion section of the article, the authors did include this quote that cautiously suggests that multifaceted interventions built upon careful assessment of barriers and a coherent theoretical base may be more effective than single interventions. Which to me just seems intuitively true that if we are trying to tackle this complex problem of knowledge translation, that the best approach is probably a more complex one where we're tackling the issue 
from different angles and then having follow-up on whether it is working. So what were my takeaways for occupational therapy practitioners from this research? Again, these are just my own personal takeaways. They are meant to serve as a discussion starter and hopefully just to get your own wheels turning about this research. My first takeaway is really simple. And the takeaway is just that again, active learning is probably just better than passive learning. We have talked about learning theory a lot in the club. And we know with our patients that if we just give them information and they are passive recipients of it, that probably is not going to modify their behavior. We need to find ways to make them active participants in applying new knowledge to their life and have them actively thinking about ways to meet the challenges that they're facing. And then the same holds true for us. If we just read new information or passively take it in via a video, that probably is not enough for us to change our behavior. And so we need to be looking for ways where we can be active learners when encountering research and proactive about applying it to our practices. My second takeaway from this research is that it is my hope that this podcast, along with the OT Potential Club, helps you actively engage with research in a multifaceted way. For us at OT Potential, this research really highlights the problem that we are trying to help you address with this podcast and in the club. Translating evidence into practice is hard, but we believe that OTs are uniquely poised to be leaders in knowledge translation. Our holistic and agile thinking, along with our knowledge of what behavior change entails, uniquely positions us to evaluate and modify our own behavior. And my third and final takeaway is I personally hope to see updates to our continuing education requirements that require more active learning. I think that NBCOT is nudging us in that way, but I would like to see an approach that is similar to what is being undertaken by physician's assistants. I really like that NBCOT is attempting to nudge us towards more active continued competency through the NBCOT Navigator. If you are not familiar with the Navigator, it's basically a gaming platform that offers case simulations and practice quizzes to assess your knowledge in a particular practice area. So it really kind of forces you to be an active participant in evidence-based practice. And more and more states here in the US are accepting time on the navigator as CEU activities. So I definitely think that that is a move in the right direction. However, the advance that I'm watching the most closely in continued competency is with our physician assistant colleagues. For continuing education, they have introduced a performance improvement component. This allows physician assistants to receive continuing education credit for implementing a quality improvement program in their setting and evaluating its effectiveness. And that is what knowledge translation is all about. It's not just about learning something new. It's about that whole challenge of learning something new, applying it to our practice, and then seeing if it is actually helping. Okay, that is all I have for you today. Hopefully this article felt like a good introduction to the challenge of knowledge translation. And hopefully you feel empowered to move forward in trying a more multifaceted approach to evidence-based practice. 
And honestly, it is my dream that we can collectively start to move the needle on our continued competency requirements to model the innovative and well-founded approach that our PA colleagues are taking. I cannot wait to hear what you think of this research. Have you experienced barriers with knowledge translation or does your facility have a program for knowledge translation that seems to work? Please share your experiences with us in the club. As a reminder, this podcast is an extension of the OT Potential Club. The OT Potential Club is your occupational therapy evidence forum. Our hope is that the club is your go-to tool for surveying new evidence that is out there, but also digging deep into how to apply it to our individual practices. You can sign in or sign up at otpotential.com club. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope that this research helps you give great care this week.